Welcome to Stacy on the Right, the podcast, where we're chatting with newsmakers and those who are influencing thought across the country, writing books, you know, doing all the fun stuff. And that includes our next guest. We have with us O.S. Hawkins. He is author of the new book, The Prayer Code. You can find the link to Harpin's, HarperCollins Christian, HarperCollinsChristian.com, where you can buy the book and uh, find out more about it. Thank you so much for joining us today, O.S. Hawkins. Well, thank you, Stacy. Jack. Glad, thrilled to get to be with uh, Stacy on the right. I like that title. <laughs> yeah, it's it's serving me well, especially now. It, it kind of dispels all uh, assumptions and puts puts people in mind of what I'm trying to what I'm trying to do here. And that's also the same for you. Your Twitter account is os hawkins at os hawkins. If people want to tweet you, um, you have this new book called The Prayer Code. Why did you decide to write this book right now? Well, uh, Stacy, it's the tenth in a whole series of code series devotionals that we've done with HarperCollins, Thomas Nelson. The first one was the Joshua Code. It's 52 scripture verses every believer should know. You know, the truth of the matter is we we call ourselves conservatives, I think, because we're trying to conserve something. And that's some great traditional values that have been passed down to us for generations. And, you know, people people know the Bible is a guide to life. And I, I found out that people try to start reading the Bible, if they start in Genesis, if they ever make it to Leviticus, they're really bogged down. And if they start in the New Testament of Matthew, immediately they're introduced to 47 names they can't pronounce in the genealogy. So I picked 52 verses in the Bible that every believer should know. And if you know them, you'll know the theme of the Bible. One a week, it's a devotion, year-long devotional called the Joshua Code. And then the Jesus Code is 52 scripture questions every believer should answer. I believe there are 52 questions in the Bible we ought to answer before we get to heaven. The Bible Code, finding Christ in every book of the Bible. And so now this latest is the prayer code. You know, a lot of people make New Year's resolutions, and a pretty good resolution to make for this 2022 year, I think, is to really beef up your prayer life. It's so important to know how to pray and for what to pray. And so I wrote the prayer code. It's 40 scripture prayers every believer should pray. Okay. I am, I'm, I'm blown away. And I was just thinking in my mind as you were talking, OS, about all of the different people that I know who would love the one you were describing with the 52 questions and the way to kind of, it's basically like, you want to dive into scripture, but it is hard to start in Genesis. It's almost impossible to start in the New Testament just going chronologically. And if you are easily intimidated or if you're not a huge reader, then doing a year-long devotional, some some of them are such heavy lifts that it feels like, you know, you you're jumping in at the uh the PhD level on something that you're really, you know, your your middle school. You you need something a little easier exactly. to digest. And what you're doing is you're taking it even down to a simpler place where 52 is a manageable number. Um, it, yeah, and, you know. and there are 52s and 40s. But that you just mentioned, the well, I call it the Jesus Code, those 52 questions, because reading devotionally some time ago, I was astounded reading Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, how many times Jesus asked questions. And I counted them. There are over 150 in the Gospels questions that escaped his lips. And he's omniscient. He had all knowledge. He didn't. He didn't need answers, but that was the way he taught us. And it dawned on me 
that, you know, there's some questions that every believer ought to be able to answer before they get to heaven, like Job's, if a man dies, will they live again? And so the Jesus Code is 52 scripture questions every believer should answer. You know, it, uh, leadership is often characterized by punctuation marks when you think about it. Some people think to be a leader, you've got to be characterized by the exclamation point, enthusiasm, optimism. Others by the period, the command, go here, go there, do that, just bark orders. More often than not, real leaders are characterized by that symbol bent in humility we call the question mark. And if Jesus was always asking questions, uh, it's, it's a pretty good thing to find the answers to them. Yeah, and he actually, so what Jesus was doing when he was asking questions was he was giving the reader an opportunity to pause for a moment and ponder the question and Absolutely. then go on, right? He he was giving us exactly a chance. That was the way he was teaching, getting us to yeah. see where we were. And so, you know, most of the code series has to do with the Bible. And it's not getting people into the Bible that I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get the Word of God into the people. And so that's why I wrote the prayer code now, because the Bible, without prayer, has no real dynamic, it really. And, and, and if all we do is pray and never read the Bible, then we have no direction. But it's kind of like ham and eggs and steak and potatoes and corned beef and cabbage. The Bible and prayer go hand in hand. And so this is a, this is a, a new devotional book that really teaches us how to pray. The disciples, only thing the disciples ever asked the Lord. Now, remember, they were with him 24-7 for over three years. They they saw him preach the world's greatest sermons, heal people, raise people. The only thing they asked him to teach them to do, they said in Luke 11, 1, Lord, teach us to pray. Because they realized that was the secret of his life. And most of us, that's our greatest need, is, is uh, having an effective communion and prayer life with him. So the, there's a change that comes over us if we do this. And, and OS, you wouldn't have felt the need to write a book to get scripture into people if it wasn't important. So why is it important? Because it might be that someone listening to this podcast is thinking, okay, well, here Stacy goes again talking about, you know, reading the Bible, getting, you know, getting into scripture. Right. You said get scripture into us. Why is that important? Yeah. There's a huge difference. I mean, you can, there's a difference, uh, Stacy, in knowledge and wisdom. And anybody, most anybody, if they stay in the library long enough, keep their nose in books long enough, they can get knowledge. Knowledge is the accumulation of facts. Wisdom is the ability to take those facts and apply them to our life and discern them. That's why the Bible says if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. So that's, you know, getting into the Bible may give you knowledge, but getting the Bible into you where it becomes a living part of your life and you live in this constant communion with the Lord, that's what that's what brings wisdom. And that's what we need in life. If this country needs anything right now, in Washington and everywhere, from the White House to the back house, it, it needs wisdom. And I have to say... The evidence of wisdom is wise decision making, and we don't see that right now in <laughs> those areas you just discussed. That's an understatement. I'm sure you have lots of discussions about that. I do. I really do. But I think it can't be stressed enough that wisdom does not come from what you because a lot of the elected officials we have 
have fantastic educations. They've spent time in libraries and educational institutions. They've gotten an education. They have accumulated knowledge and they have the, you know, uh, thin paper, you know, the parchment to prove it. Sure. But when they make decisions, there is no evidence of wisdom in that decision making, no forethought, no, no, no ability to project. And, you know, if I make this decision, the consequences will be this. And in the future, the impacts on people will be this. We don't see that evident anymore. No, absolutely. Absolutely. But that, that's where prayer comes in. And, uh, you know, there's, there's nothing talked about as much and practiced as little probably as prayer. And, you know, I've, I've been walking this life for a lot of years, a lot of decades. And I, this is, I've written over 50 books. I've never felt as inadequate to write a book as I did this one, because uh, the more you know about prayer, the, the deeper it is. But there is something um, of a sense of hope with with you having written as many books as you've written that you're saying now to get people, to get the, the scripture into people. And you explore biblical prayer to equip people, let's say, say me, to equip me to pray effectively for peace in times of change, courage to overcome your fears, healing for myself and others. These are some very central issues for people, very bedrock issues for people to pray for peace, courage, and healing. These are the top three things. If you look on Facebook and you scroll through the village of Facebook, people are praying for, can you pray because, you know, I need healing or my, my mom needs healing or someone in my family needs healing. Um, things where people are afraid because they've lost their job or they can't, they, you know, they're not sure how they're going to do something that really needs to be done at work. And then, of course, peace, just because we wish we could get along better with each other than we're currently doing. Yeah, you you hit the nail in the on the head in the middle of the bullseye because we'll never have peace internationally, which we're trying to pursue until we have peace on a national level. How, how are we going to have peace with all this world and our nation? So without peace, we're never going to have peace in a national level until we have it on a state level, and we're never going to have it on a state level until we have it on a county level. We're not going to have it on a county level until we have it on a city level. We're not going to have it on in, a, in my city until we have peace in my neighborhood. We're not going to have peace in my neighborhood until we have peace on uh, on my block. We're not going to have peace on my block until we have peace in my house. And we're not going to have peace in my house until I have peace in my own heart that I can only find, I believe, through the Prince of Peace, the Lord Jesus Christ. So you're exactly right. It, it all boils down to not getting everybody else right, but getting me right first. And this is a central tenet of what God wants us to know in our basic instruction before leaving earth, which is the Bible. He wants us to focus first on our home. He says people who don't take care of their their own family members are worse than unbelievers because in exactly. God's order of things, you take care of your home first. So you make your home peaceful first before you go out and tell other people what to do. Exactly. And you can't do that until you've made peace with yourself. You know, you know, Stacy. We we uh, there are only three relationships in life. There's a, and we talk about this in the prayer code. There's the outward expression. That's the relationship we have with each other in in the, at work, at home, in the social arena, at school. We're made to connect with each other. That's the outward expression. Then there's an inward expression. That's a piece we have with uh, that relationship. Pardon me, that we have with ourselves. Some people call it self-worth, self-respect, whatever. But, you know, you have a relationship with yourself. My 
my wife Susie's over there in the other room. We've been married for a long time, and we've had very few arguments. But you know what? Most of the arguments we've had, it's because of what was going on in me. I get upset at the office or something, come back and project it on her. But there's one other relationship. This is an astounding thought, and it's what separates us from all the other created order. And that is we have the capacity not just to have an outward relationship and an inward relationship with ourselves, but an upward relationship and come into relationship with God through Jesus Christ and know him and the intimacy of father and child. And so the bottom line is we're never going to be properly related to each other until we're properly related to ourselves, and that's never going to happen till we rediscover how indescribably valuable each of us are to God. Nobody has a DNA like you do. And and we come into a relationship with God, find our self-worth in Christ, and we translate that love to those around us, and that's what builds positive and powerful relationships. It does, and and we we can see the evidence of that because we know when we, you know, when we get into our quiet space with God and hash out the issues, we're better able to handle the people in our lives who I, I always say, OS, that people are going to people. They're going to they're going to disappoint. They're going to enrage you. They're going to smack you upside the face. And in order to deal with them, you have to be prepared for basically you have to have reckoned already with the fact that I, I'm a people, too. I am literally peopling other people the same way they're doing to me. So if I yeah, can, that's, that's yeah, absolutely. That's why you often hear well, you said, somebody says, "Well, that's just your crutch." Well, the truth is, we're all crippled. Like you said, we all need some kind of a crutch. I'd rather have my crutch on the Word of God and the Lord Jesus than to have have my crutch on dope or alcohol or something else that I'm leaning on. Well, and that that crutch, um, it can be a world changer and. If you have a crutch that's focused on Jesus, that's centered on Christ, then you have a crutch that other people are going to want. Other people are going to ask you, "How are you? How are you doing that? How are you managing that?" And you can say, "Oh, it, you know, Jesus has enabled me to handle this because I couldn't do it on my own." And that can be a great testimony for them to want some of what we have. You're so right, Stacy. You're right in the middle of the bullseye. So, um, I, I I'm on your page over at the Harper Collins book sellers you have every also available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Kobo, Apple Books and Google Play and you recommend that the prayer code which is this is perfect for right now it's the time of year where people are looking for gifts and a lot of Americans are in the position where you have no idea what to buy someone because they have everything and your suggestion is that high school college graduations that's coming up in the spring but Christmas that's right now Father's Day, Mother's Day, birthdays Also, anyone you know who's been talking about needing fresh energy in their prayer life, this is um, an amazing opportunity to put something in their hand that will have an impact, a a huge impact, as opposed to what I love is is cowgirl boots. I love also other kinds of boots and clothes (laughs) and shoes, and my husband knows that. And he'll probably get me some of that. But this book would be a great gift for someone who's hard to buy for. Yeah, thank you for saying that. And it's a beautiful leather-bound gift edition. It makes a beautiful gift. And uh, let me just say, Stacy, that all the royalties to all the code books, and we've sold over two million in the last couple of wow. years, but all, all the royalties to all of them go to Mission Dignity. We're, we're on a mission here in Dallas to bring dignity to some forgotten people all over the country. And that's retired pastors and their widows uh, in their declining years, living at the poverty level, you know most people, most of these guys pastored out in highways and hedges uh, 
all their life, never made enough money to live on, much less retire on. And now they're in their declining years, and they've got so little. Ten years ago, we were able to give them $50 a month and help them. Now the neediest get $750 a month. And one little 87-year-old pastor's widow wrote me the other day, and she said, I get to eat at night now. It's not just a piece of toast. So every Mm -hmm. time you buy a pair of code or any of the code books, you can know that all of my royalties and all the proceeds go to support these good and godly people that spent their lives serving others that are so in need in their declining years. And OSHawkins.com, you can go to that and learn a lot more about all of them, about mission dignity and about what we do here. Well, the link to OSHawkins.com is in the show notes for today's podcast. I encourage you to follow him at OSHawkins on Twitter. And I just ordered five copies of the book because while we were talking, I thought of some people who would love this as a gift and would really appreciate it. And I am kind of stumped as to what to get those people. So now you've just solved at least five things off my list I can cross off. (laughs) You just went to the top of my list. Well, I like being there. I want to. I want to be on the top of the list. <laughs> anybody, anybody, anybody that says Stacy on the right is on my top of my list. Thank you. And let me just say this: Thank you, Stacy, for what you and so many like you do to keep being a thumb in the dike in a culture that's gone awry. I wrote the Daniel Code uh, because Daniel lived in a culture much like ours that was crumbling, and it, it, it tells how you can stand and overcome in the midst of this crumbling culture. So if you go to oshawkins.com, there's a code book for any need in your life right there, and I trust it will be a blessing to, to those of your listeners. Well, I'm very excited about it, and I'm so glad that we were able to catch you to have an interview on this. I can't wait to get my copies. I ordered on Amazon. I know it's the, the devil's shopping place, but it comes fast from there, so I'll be able to wrap my gifts. We sell most of our books on Amazon, so... Might as well not let the devil have that money. Put it in the hands. That's of that's right. Pastor. Yeah, we're, we'll use the the marketplace there to spread the gospel. Um, exactly. But I can't wait to get those so I can wrap them and cross those names off my list and and get on to even more wonderful pursuits. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Stacy. It's a joy visiting with you, and I so much appreciate it. Bless you. All right. Well, you have a great evening and and uh, Merry Christmas. Thank you. Same to you. All right. And that is today's podcast. I love meeting these authors. I just, I'm always blown away by the gift of being able to take an idea and turn it into a book that blesses other people over and over and over again. Fantastic. God bless you. We'll talk again soon.